Welcome to the Living Parables Podcast, where we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the sanctifying work of God's Holy Word. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning in, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate each and every single one of you, and now let us begin. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, brand new episode. I am so grateful to be doing another episode on this series of Standing Firm, which is the longest running series that we've had, and for a very good reason. Over the course of the last few months, and I am sitting here March 30th, 2023, recording this, and when this is released, it'll be a month later. But the school shooting in Nashville, the tornadoes in in the South, and the chaos that is ensuing in uh, different areas of the world, specifically in Europe, where they're having riots and uh, just... Total unrest, also in the Middle East. So there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of uncertainty. There are agreements happening across the pond that are starting to alarm people in a real, real way. And I think it's only appropriate that we talk about this stuff and not too much in depth here. But what I'm really wanting to focus on today is something that we've done a study on previously. And now I think it's appropriate that we revisit it because putting on the full armor of God is not a suggestion. It's a command. It's an exhortation, and it's something that we must do now more than ever. In that episode, I was highly fired up, and if you want to go look that up, it's called A Spiritual Call to Arms. And so with that, I was fired up because we have a call from God that we just don't answer it and when we answer it we we get baptized and and then we just sit and that cannot be the spiritual battle that we are in right now is powerful it is taxing on us both physically and spiritually And it's unending. The battle that you jump into and thrust into, you must be ready. And a lot of these Christians that are new and are babes in the faith are not properly equipped. I mean, we give them a helmet and say, best of luck. 
Or we give them a little shield, say, here you go. Make us proud. And we don't equip them properly. We don't properly make disciples. Making disciples is a long, tedious, but worth it process. It takes time. It takes sacrifice. It takes diligent study of the scriptures and a willingness to obey them and to apply them to one's life. Now, what we are going to do today is we are going to read Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Then we're going to go through and break it all down. So, with your Bibles, please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. And here's what it says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. My dear brothers and sisters, this is the hour, this is the moment that we have been given by God. You may believe that you were meant to be born in a different era. You're not. If you've said that, then you're questioning God. This is our moment. This is our time that God has given us to glorify Him and to trust Him. We know that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So with that truth in mind, let's go back up to verse 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. What we need to focus on is not our own strength, not our own merits, not our own deeds, our acts of goodwill, but we stand firm in the strength of God's might. 
We need to be strong in the Lord. Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. That is the complete opposite of what we've been told our whole entire lives. And so what we must do is we need to stand firm in that strength. We fully rely and depend on God. That's from our last episode. Now, what I find interesting here in verses 11 through 13, stand firm is used three times. It's heavily emphasized for very good reason. We stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And how do we do that? We put on the full armor of God. Because our struggle in verse 12 is not against flesh and blood. That is something that boggles the mind of believers. Because these things happen in our flesh. They happen to us on this earth, but they're not happening directly to our flesh. It's a spiritual battle that we are in. And your spiritual eyes have to be opened by the Holy Spirit to see these attacks. When these people call you names, when family mistreats you, guess what? We don't respond the way the world world responds. We pray for them. We bless them. We forgive them. But two times here, in 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 this opening few verses, we talk about, putting on the full armor of God. So standing firm in this wicked age, in this part of our series, we are going to go through and break down the full armor of God. Now, the key to understanding the full armor of God is that all the pieces of the armor belong to God and come from God. And if we break this down to its simplest form, here are the things we're talking about today. Truth, righteousness, the gospel, faith, salvation. And add in to the end, God's word. See, all are gifts of God to his people for their defense so that all of us won't be tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. You can read that in Ephesians 4.14. And why is this so important? Because it's out there today. It's out there. A prominent conservative talk show host who many Christians listen to, has stated that when you compare a husband physically cheating on his wife to porn, that's not so bad, because at least he's not cheating. So, he's endorsing Pornography as a way out to actually committing the physical sin itself. 
this is the kind of stuff that 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 we get trapped in that people listen to and they go oh okay well that makes sense and those things are an abomination those are sinful acts pornography is adultery pornography is cheating And so, why I say this is because this prominent talk show host has millions and millions and millions of viewers. And when we put our trust in man, 10 times out of 10, they will let us down. Not 9 times out of 10, 10 times out of 10. We must trust God. We must trust God. But there are many things, my dear, dear brothers and sisters, that are out there that are bombarding us on a daily basis. And we must stand firm in the truth, which leads us to the first of the armor of God that we must put on. The first one is having your girded your loins with truth. In other words, the belt of truth. Soldiers wore a tunic with loose-fitted cloth. Ancient combat was typically hand-to-hand. Thus, a loose tunic was potentially a hindrance and dangerous. A belt was used to tighten up the loose hanging materials. So girded means to pull up loose ends as preparation for battle. The belt that pulls all the loose ends in is truth or truthfulness. The idea of a sincere commitment to fight and win without hypocrisy. Self-discipline and devotion to victory. Everything that hinders us is tucked away. And the belt of of truth is important because it sets the believer apart from the world. Since Satan is the god of this world and is the father of lies, the belt of truth is first because without it, everything else falls apart and we're lost. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It is only through him that we can go to God directly, that we can get to heaven Therefore, truth is of the utmost importance in the life of a Christian. Without truth, the rest of the armor would be of no use to us because we would not have the spirit of truth. As the belt encompasses all around the soldier, so must we be encompassed with truth. Psalm 119.160 says, The sum of your word is truth. And Jesus said in John 17.17, Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. In referring to the whole armor of God, Paul invokes the image of a soldier ready for battle. The belt of a Roman soldier in Paul's day was not a simple leather strap like we wear today, but it was a thick, heavy leather and metal band with a protective piece hanging down from the front of it. The belt held the soldier's sword and the other weapons. The belt of truth of the spiritual armor holds the sword of the spirit linking truth and the word of God 
The Word of God is truth. The belt of truth is so crucial in our piece of armor that's defensive, guarding our inmost being in the battle against the lies and deceptions of the enemy. Without an understanding of truth, we are left vulnerable or being carried away by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming we just talked about. The belt of truth protects us and prepares us for battle that is part of everyday Christian life. Now let's go on to the next one. The breastplate of righteousness. Now, a lot of people don't understand what the word righteousness means. So here's what it means. Conformity to a standard, practical righteousness. And one thing I want to talk about before we get into the breastplate of righteousness is that we've been justified by faith in Christ. So there's no need to be re-justified. But now we need full commitment to the truth and to live it out. Obedience to the truth and daily holiness. So we conform to the image of Jesus Christ, who is the most righteous and most holy. The breastplate usually was a thick, sleeveless piece of leather or heavy material with animal horn slash hoof pieces sewn on. It was a type of covering that covered the soldier's full torso, protecting the heart and other vital organs. And because righteousness slash holiness is such a distinctive characteristic of God himself, it isn't hard to understand why that is the Christian's most vital protection against Satan and his schemes. As believers faithfully live in obedience to and communion with Jesus Christ, his own righteousness produces in them the practical daily righteousness that becomes their spiritual breastplate. Lack of holiness, on the other hand, leaves them vulnerable to the great enemy of their souls and all of his attacks. That's why it's so crucial. I want you to listen to Isaiah 59, 17. It says, He put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head and put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. I mean, that's what we're talking about. We need that protection because we know that the heart above all things is desperately sick and it's deceitful. It tricks us. It tells us to do the wrong things. That's why the Bible says, he who trusts in his heart is a fool. But now that we've been given a new heart, we need Christ's righteousness We need his righteousness to protect that new heart that we have been given a gift by God. And this righteousness that we're talking about is not works of righteousness done by men. Rather, this is the righteousness of Christ, imputed by God and received by faith, which guards our hearts against the accusations and charges of Satan and secures our innermost being from his attacks. We know in Revelation 12.10 that he accuses the brethren day and night. Day and night. And so going back to this, I want to focus on the imagery. Okay, And the imagery I want you to focus on is of an armed Roman 
or Israelite soldier prepared for battle. A typical armed soldier wore a breastplate made of bronze or chainmail. So it could be both that we talked about. It covered, again, vital organs, the heart. Now, if the belt of truth that we were just talking about was loosened, that the breastplate does attach itself to, it could slip off. Paul compares the armor of God with military gear. Each piece represents a part of God's strength that he extends to us when we become his children. And one of my favorite verses talking about righteousness is 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. God doesn't look at us anymore as, wow, Nate has, is really righteous now. He, he's, he, got, he got it. No, he looks at me, he looks at you, and he says, I see my son's righteousness. Now, our own righteous acts are no match for Satan's attacks. So if we, if we go at this in a self-righteous manner, we will lose. We will definitely lose. The breastplate of righteousness has Christ's name stamped on it. And it's as if he says, your righteousness is not sufficient to protect you, so here's mine. That's powerful. That is so powerful. And now let's go to the next one, which is your feet shotted with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, I want to go to the preparation readiness because this is very powerful, and then we'll go into what that, 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 what that means here. But preparation readiness means constant vigilance because we are ready with the gospel of peace. We live with the understanding that we are continually under the attack from Satan. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. So these peace shoes that we have, that God supplies his soldiers, have two purposes, defensive and offensive. In order to defend ourselves against the flaming arrows of the evil one, we must have confidence in our position in Christ. We must stand firm in the truth of God's word, regardless of how terrifying the circumstances may be. We must understand grace without abusing it. Remember that our position in Christ is not based on our own abilities or worthiness and keep our belt of truth and breastplate of righteousness securely fastened. When Satan attacks with a flaming arrow of doubt, such as, well, if God really loved you, he wouldn't have let this happen. See, we dig our peace shoes into the turf of God's word and reply, it is written, all things work together for the good of them who love God and are called according to his purpose. Just like when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he always replied with scripture, and that's, and that's our defense. So when Satan tries to stab us from behind and says, hey, do you remember what you did all those years ago that no one knows about? We dig in more deep and reply, it is written, 
if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. See, what what we do sometimes, and I would say more often than not, is Satan accuses us and accuses us and brings up those past sins over and over and over, trying to whittle us down into nothing to, to break us. And if you're away from the word of God, you're away from your strength. So if you're in the word of God and these accusations come up and they say, Nate, do you remember what you did all those years ago? And then you start feeling downcast, you start doubting stuff, and you remember, no, 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 I'm a child of God. I have confessed my sins, and I know God is faithful, and he has forgiven that sin. And he has separated that as far as east from the west, and I trust him in that. So that's defensively. Now let's look at a little bit of offensively. In addition to standing our ground, shoes are also for moving. God expects, expects us to go on the offensive and take the gospel of peace to others. See, that's the point. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you and to give the reason for the hope that you have. Sharing our faith is one of the best ways to maintain our own sure footing. God knows that when we are active in speaking of him to others, we not only charge into Satan's territory, but we dig our shoes in more deeply into truth and we will much harder to dislodge. When we have studied how to show ourselves approved unto God, 2 Timothy 2.15, we are ready to stand firm in the gospel of peace no matter what the enemy brings against us. So sometimes our the footwork that we have is incredibly important. But here's the thing. You can have great footwork all day long, but if you're in a battle and you have nothing on your feet, I mean, you could step on a twig and that could immobilize you. So you must have the proper footwear and footwork through that. But the gospel that we are talking about here in 1 Corinthians 15 is of the first importance. It is the good news that Jesus came to this earth, born of a virgin, lived a perfect sinless life, died on the cross for my sins, was buried and raised from the dead three days later, and that my faith in him, and by his grace, he saves me, he regenerates me, he causes me to be born again, and he gives me his righteousness so that I can stand firm when I get to heaven and stand before the judgment throne of God, and I I can know for sure with Jesus on my side, that I am justified by his blood. That's the gospel. That's what we stand on. And that's what we stand firm in. Now let's look at the shield of faith. The shield of faith. The Greek word for shield usually refers to a large shield, a two-by-five type of shield. So it would protect the whole entire body. The exact dimensions would roughly be between two and a half by four and a half, but two by five, three by five. That protects the entire body. That's a large shield. The faith which Paul refers to is not only the body of Christian doctrine, but basic trust in God. Trust in God. Trust in God. I can't emphasize that enough. 
You got you to gotta dig in and trust him, even when the hard times come. The believer's continual trust in God, his word, and his promises are necessary to protect him from temptations to every sort of sin. All sin comes when the victim falls to Satan's lies and promises of pleasure for a season, and we reject the better choice of obedience and blessings. The shield of faith extinguishes the arrows, those temptations of the evil one. Now, we've talked about what faith is, but I love revisiting it. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And we must understand, five verses later in Hebrews 11, it is impossible to please God without faith. Now, Satan's attacks can sometimes cause us to doubt God. Faith prompts us to believe God. When we give in to temptation is when we believe that the world offers something better than what God has promised. Faith reminds us that God's promises may not be visible to us now, but God is true to his word. And Satan attempts to plague us with doubt and entice us with instant gratification. But faith recognizes that deceptiveness of his tactics and quickly extinguishes those arrows. When Satan accuses us, faith chooses to believe that Jesus has redeemed us and that there is no more condemnation. Faith is one of the greatest gifts that we have been given by God. And it is the means by which we receive grace and come into a right relationship with God. You can read that in Ephesians 2.8. Is by grace we've been saved. It is because we have been justified through faith that we belong to God and have peace with him now. We have peace with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Faith is the doorway to hope in God. Because we have faith in God, our suffering need not phase us. In fact, we can persevere under it. The things Satan attempts to use to discourage us can actually become tools in the hands of God. All believers have this promise. I want you to listen to it. 1 John 5, 4. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victor that has overcome the world, even our faith. Faith is a protective barrier between us and the schemes of Satan. When we believe God and take him at his word, we remain grounded in truth. The lies of the enemy lose their power and we become overcomers. In that way, faith is our shield. Amen to that. Now let's look at the helmet of salvation. The helmet protects the head. And that is always a major target in battle. Paul here is speaking to those who are already saved, and it is therefore not speaking about attaining salvation. Rather, Satan seeks to destroy the believer's assurance of salvation with his weapons of doubt and discouragement. Now, this is clear from Paul's reference to the helmet as the hope of salvation. 
But although a Christian's feelings about his salvation may be seriously damaged by Satan's doubt that he causes, his salvation itself is eternally protected, and he need not fear its loss. Satan wants to curse the believer with doubt and steal, kill, and destroy that. But the Christian can be strong in God's promises of eternal salvation. Security is a fact. Assurance is a feeling that comes to the obedient Christian. So we must understand that Christians backslide all the time. Doubt creep in. Hopelessness creeps in. And sometimes we go back to those default modes, those those sins that we we go we just run back to. Remember, we were supposed to put those off, as we have read before in Colossians three, and put on the new self. That's so critically important. Now we also have to understand that salvation is not limited to a one-time act of the past or even a future hope. God's salvation is an ongoing, eternal state that His children enjoy in the present. It is daily protection and deliverance from our sin nature and Satan's schemes. And because of the power of the cross, our enemy no longer has any hold on us. And he knows that. But he also knows that most of God's children do not know that, or at least they don't live as if they know. We must learn to keep our helmets buckled in so that the fiery missiles do not lodge in our thoughts and set us on fire. Through this helmet of salvation, we can destroy arguments in every lofty position, raise against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. It's like when we were talking about that prominent conservative TV show host saying that pornography is fine. At least you're not engaging in, you know, physical adultery. See, see, we're wise to that stuff. And here's the thing. We need to wear the helmet of salvation every day. Our minds become more insulated against the suggestions, desires, and traps the enemy lays for us. We choose to guard our minds from excessive worldly influence instead of, of the things that honor Christ. That's what we need to focus on. The things that honor Christ. In doing so, we wear our salvation as a protective helmet that will guard our hearts, hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Our minds are constantly attacked. Constantly, constantly, and constantly. And now as we get to the final armor, and that is the sword of the Spirit. As the sword was a soldier's only weapon, so God's word is the only needed weapon, infinitely more powerful than any other weapons that Satan has. The Greek term refers to a small weapon measuring between 6 to 18 inches long. It was used both defensively to fend off Satan's attacks and offensively to help destroy the enemy's strategies. It is the truth of Scripture. So in both cases, it was necessary for a soldier to get rigid training on the proper use of the sword to get the maximum protection. But guess what? 
How are you training in that? By Colossians 3.16, letting the word of Christ richly dwell within you. And faith comes by hearing, hearing by the words of Christ. See, all Christian soldiers need the same rigid training to know how to properly handle the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The sword that Paul refers to here, as we just have hammered home here, is the Holy Scriptures. And we know, 2 Timothy 3.16 says that the Word of God is from the Holy Spirit and written by men. It's all God-breathed. And since every Christian is in a spiritual battle with satanic and evil forces of this world, we need to know how to handle the Word of God properly. Only then will it be an effective defense against evil, but it will also be an offensive weapon to use to demolish the strongholds of error and falsehood. God refers to his word as a double-edged sword in Hebrews 4.12. Here the word is described as living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. The Roman sword was commonly made in this manner. The fact that it had two edges made it easier to penetrate, as well as cut in every single way. The idea is that of piercing or penetrating. So the Word of God reaches the heart, the very center of our actions. It lays open the motives and feelings of those it touches. The purpose of the sword of the Spirit, the Bible, is to make us strong and able to withstand the evil onslaughts of Satan, our enemy. The Holy Spirit uses the power of the word to save souls and then to give them spiritual strength to be mature soldiers in the Lord in fighting this corrupt and evil world we live in. The more we know and understand the word of God, the more useful we will be in doing the will of God. And the more effective we will be in staying against the enemy of our souls. So as we conclude, verse 18 says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert. We are on the alert, and we stand firm when we put on the full armor of God. Satan's arrows of temptation doubt, evil, and sin are constantly being fired at us every single moment of every single day. And when we choose to leave the armor of God at home or off to the side or in our closets, we are susceptible to attack. We are susceptible to falsehood and error and false teachings that will lead us astray and down the path of eternal destruction. But thanks be to God that he gives us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. And it's all right here. This is how we stand firm. We stand firm in truth. Jesus is the truth. We stand firm in righteousness, Christ's righteousness. We stand firm in the gospel, which is all about him. We stand firm in the faith, which is all about him. And we, and we stand firm in salvation, which only comes through him. And we stand firm in the word of God, which all 
talks about him. It all points to him. We stand firm in Jesus Christ. He gives us the model. He gives us the blueprint. He gives us everything we need right here, the full armor of God to put on every single day so that we can stand firm in the strength of God's might. It's all right here. These are all gifts from God. These are not suggestions. These are commands. You want to stand firm? You want to remain till the end? This is it. Do you want to stand firm in this wicked age? Because I'll tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, these days are dark and evil. And through Christ, we must be light and righteous. Let our light shine before men. Let us be that city on a hill. Let us be that fully equipped soldier that when the enemy stands across from us, they run the other way. Because when you see a soldier that's fully equipped, you think twice before attacking. When we put on God's armor, Satan runs away. So today, put on the full armor of God. So with that being said, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And remember, everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. Until next time, God bless you all.